Geeks, and welcome back to RPG Fans Retro Encounter. And today, we are an exploration into the world of Planescape Torment. I am your host, Keegan Lee, and with me here is the lovely and fantastic Robert Fenner. As tormented as ever. Glad to be here. Oh, yeah. we've <laughs> By the end of this game, I feel like we've all suffered a very bittersweet torment. It, is, the end. it has been a real ride. Oh, man. A ride like I... no other. This is my problem I have a lot with these uh, morality games, mm. is that I know how many different endings there are, but because I like the quote-unquote good ending, mm-hmm. I just keep going back to it and never getting to experience more of it. Mm. Being bad <laughs> makes me feel bad. Yeah, um, this is the type of game that uh, it, it always gives me pause, making those bad decisions, you know? So, <laughs> Oh, and I feel like um, in the second half of the game, we really get to see some of the more vile decisions that can occur here oh yeah oh yeah but um before we get ahead of ourselves, let's talk about where we left off last time so we got through the alley of lingering size and now we've wound up brought a new life into the world yes we uh helped an alley give birth if you will Hmm. uh uh, you know uh life uh finds a way Mm -hmm. (laughs) try my best on that one (laughs) playing playing the midwife to uh to a street. <laughs> but after going through the alley, we end up in the lower wards, which is where we see more of uh, the common folk and every man of Sigil here. Would you agree? Yeah. Um, what really stuck out at me uh, at first at the lower wards was like, okay, it must be like a, you know, like Lowtown. But no, it's called that because there's all these portals that lead to the lower plains, which are like <laughs> this chaotic hellscape and all this like polluted air and like billowing disease is coming through so you'll when you speak to the people who live in the lower wards they've all got like yellowish skin and pustules oozing off them and it's it's a bad time in the lower ward (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i love that story about all the lower plane demons coming in that the nameless one may or may not be responsible for (laughs) yeah and sometimes they just stay and hang out yeah. The, the rule of this game is if you hear a story and you go, oh, man, that sounds horrible, it was probably your fault. Uh, yeah, that that seems to be the case. Nine times out of ten in this game. Uh, but I feel like uh, we get a lot more side quests here, too, in the lower wards, similar to, you know, what we get in uh, the smoldering corpse area and what have you from the top of the sigil. Mm. I mean, I'd be hard-pressed to call some of them side quests. I know you can just, like steamroll through as chaotic evil if you want oh, yeah. but um it seemed like this is kind of like where the game started to slow down and almost pad things out a bit with like chains of deals and having to you know do favors for somebody to do favors for somebody else and then end up you know back on the critical path um i probably would have gotten annoyed with this if the writing wasn't so strong here that's fair there's definitely a lot of uh, fetch questy type quests mm. here, but it's, like I can't it's tell so you how pleasant. many times I went into the vault just to get items for a single quest. Oh yeah, <laughs> probably could have planned that out better, but <laughs> that's just me. But we do get some uh, cool interactions, like our longtime and first companion Mort getting kidnapped by a bunch of were rats the second that we entered. Oh Ooh. yeah, it's the first thing that happens, huh? He just gets yeah. spirited away. We get distracted by a clothes merchant, and then our talkative skull gets taken. Is the clothes merchant so, in on this? Is that the racket? Is that what's you know, supposed to be implied? Because the clothes merchant just really disappears. It could have been, but 
um, when dealing with the character who is responsible for taking Mort in the end, mm. I feel like he's not that shady of a person. I mean, you know I mean? Yeah, he's like he's quite a powerful wizard, so you wouldn't think he'd be like, oh, I'm going to do this little flim flam on the street and yeah. distract you if with my fine leather jacket. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, before we get ahead of ourselves, though, we are talking about one of the important NPCs of the game, the Master of Bones. Mm-hmm. Who is a master of bones, if you could not figure it out by the name. He's in the bone zone. Yes. Oh, goodness. Um, <clears throat> phrasing. Anyways. Uh, he is currently holding our good friend Mort captive in a giant room full of skulls. Full of really and grumpy of course, skulls, yeah. Yes, they're very grumpy. But they offer very interesting tidbits hmm. about uh, certain aspects of the game. And even uh, depending on your faction, you can learn different things from these skulls. Mm. Like I know if you're um, an anarchist, you can actually find out from a deceased anarchist that now resides on the wall. Yeah. <clears throat> cool things like that. So um, to get more out, the Master of Bones requires from us a skull of equal or greater value. Now, when I did it, I already had uh, Soegos, I believe that's how you pronounce the name, his mm. skull from his were-at body. Mm. I um I was playing you know Salome with with John the Baptist's head so you know when I saw that Suego dropped his head I was like well this is kind of fun to carry around and I bet I'm gonna have to use it somewhere <laughs> so fortunately I didn't have to do any backtracking for that so yeah I had it oh, as yeah. well but uh, I imagine that things can probably get a little bit dicey on a skull quest if you uh, either forgot that that was there or managed to lose it. Um, it yeah, sounds like you can get skulls elsewhere and, you know, not the, not the regular skulls. They have to be special skulls, oh, yeah, but, no. uh, sounds like you might have to embark on some quite nasty quests to fulfill that. Yeah. This, this game will punish you if you don't keep items in your inventory, mm. even things that you think are pretty minuscule. Yeah. I really wish that they gave you more space. <laughs> yes. Like, um, for example, uh, cutting a little ahead, one of your party members, Ignis, can teach you spells. Mm. And to get his final spell, you need a random pile of intestines that I don't even remember when I acquired them. Oh, uh, are they your own intestines? They might be. Mm. I, all I know is I didn't have them. <laughs> okay. I had, uh, I had, I've been carrying around the intense, in, intestines. I didn't end up <laughs> using it because I stayed as thief. But uh, Marta in the, um, in the, uh, uh, in the buried village, um, I asked her to do some surgery and find uh, find a ring that was tangled up in my guts, and she ended up removing my guts as well. And I've just been carrying yeah, them around right. ever since. <laughs> I couldn't remember if it was a uh, Marta or the tiefling woman you meet at the very beginning of the game in the mortuary. Oh yeah, yeah, her. Yeah, and it was one of those two. But and, uh, as as we'll find uh, as we move on a little bit later in this episode, those two are two sides of the same coin. Yes, it's uh it's a very interesting connection they make. Mm. That makes sense. It's the, it does not feel hand-waved. It's mm. Yeah, not at all. It's it's very well foreshadowed. Yeah. Uh, but once we have Mort back, you know, mm. give a proper skull. You can also use uh, the were-rats that are in the basement mm. of the, uh, the Master of Bones house. Mm. They also contain a very interesting item that I was wondering if you had gotten or not. Uh, I'm, I kind of left those guys alone because, um, dealing with rare rats is a, was a big pain in my side, uh, due to them, uh, only taking damage from magical, magical weapons and spells. 
So, well, to uh, be honest, um, this item is really only a boon if you're playing as an evil character. Okay, which I was not. Is this uh, something that Mantuak has by any chance? Yes, hmm. it is. What is this? It's um, it is a tome similar to the Necronomicon of oh! other you know, tales. I heard about this from the skull. Yes, and basically what it will do is it will give you fantastic power, mm. but it requires you to do some horrible stuff accumulating in you having to kill one of your own companions. Oh. Uh. Yes, the power is great, but it is a high cost. Yeah. So I've never, I've never gone down this path. I've only read about it on wikis and what have you. Uh, I'm kind of curious. I mean, it sounds like it'd be really painful, but this game has such potential for being a jerk. Yes. So wait till we get to the Pillar of Skulls. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) That is where the boys become men and the men fall to tears. Mm. All right. So were there any other side quests that you really liked in this area? Because my personal favorite involved um, the Tomb Maker and his zombie best friend. Yeah, I love that as well. It's pretty uh, sad, but it's sad, <laughs> it's but funny at the same time. It's kind of funny. Really, really funny. Uh, for those of you um, who have not experienced this quest, it's pretty simple. It basically involves um, the tomb maker's son, whose best friend is a zombie. Yet the tomb maker's son is not aware that this man is a zombie, mm-hmm. and his only purpose in existence is to just sit there and listen to the sun, talk nonstop. Mm. And when you meet the zombie, he just begs you to kill him. <laughs> and it's yeah. one of the times where killing him is not an evil action. Yeah, he um, he's, he tells you his story, if, you, if you've got the, you know, the story's bones tell technique, and, and he's like, oh, um, my master, a wizard, he was tired of, he was tired of the Tomb Maker's son walking around town and just talking nonstop, so he raised me from the dead, and now... Everybody in town is happy, but I am here and I am sad all the time. <laughs> so you have to break this. If you choose, you can break this spell on him. And, like, he just crumbles into dust saying, thank you. <laughs> it's it's just the little stories that entertain me so much in this game. Um, I, I did, the, I did the, the slave auction side quest as well. Oh, that is a good one, too. Oh, you probably had a fun time with that since you were a thief character. Am I correct? Um, yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, well, I, I, did, I didn't do any real deception. I think I just made friends with Lenny in the end, uh, and we came to we came to a bit of a gentleman's agreement. Uh, this character Byron Pickett, he's a he's a money lender, and he um, he lent some money to a uh, shop owner uh, who had recently passed away, but the shop owner had paid him back and, um, uh, Byron Pickett, um, absconded with, uh, with the notes, uh, the, the, the note that the debt had been paid and did so. So the widow's wife would either have to pay up or be sold, uh, sold into slavery. And, uh, you can do some, uh, do some digging around to find that, um, Byron made this happen and to, uh, I guess snitch on him to the guards, really. <laughs> but Pretty much, yeah. I mean, yeah. it doesn't feel like snitching when they absolutely deserve it. Oh, yeah, you know? absolutely, yeah. Uh, oh, that's another... It sounds weird after what you said to say cute part of the quest, but when you're telling one of the guards... Did you do the... Um, 
I hope the guard find love. Yes, it's so sweet. Um, <laughs> so um, in the second half of this quest, because of course you can just uh, get the slave woman freed, you know, mm. just show them the papers that there was deception. You don't have to accuse um, Pickett, yeah. but it definitely does give you more experience in the long run. Mm. Well, I, I wanted him off the streets, really. Well, yeah. <laughs> but um, anyways, uh, to accuse Pickett and put him behind bars... There is a guard that you find in the marketplace of the lower wards. Mm. And he's very conflicted because he sees this very talkative woman who's just constantly going around the marketplace, even talking to you and just nonstop rattling off. Yeah. He's adorable because she just gets embarrassed because of how much she talks. Mm. And you can actually help them meet each other. And <laughs> yeah. Not only do you help love win, but you also get a friend in the Harmonium Guards, which is not yeah. a bad, not a bad perk. He starts give, giving you the info on the on the down low of uh, yeah. all the movers and shakers in the lower ward. It's a cute moment, but yeah, even though um, I wish some more of the specific side quests, not like main. Ah, that sounds so weird to say, but like the specific one-off episodes, if you will, mm-hmm. of Landscape Torment. Yeah. I wish they had more effect on the main story. Yeah. I would love to see more resolutions of these events, you know. Sh- shaping your character and maybe, you know, coming into play later. Because, I mean, a few of them yeah. a few of them do, but it would be nice to, to see a little bit more, more going on there. Um, there was one side quest here that um, I didn't end up doing because, like, I felt like, I felt like they missed a trick, really. Um, hmm. It was the... Um, uh, problem between um, the mage Sebastian and the demon uh, Grosuk, where uh, yeah. Sebastian entered into a contract to help Grosuk find a way into this siege tower that seemed to have no entrance. Um, and he can't fulfill that request because he just he doesn't know how to get into the tower and he gave up. Uh, so he wants us to kill Grosuk. So you can either do that or you can rat Sebastian out to Grosuk. Um, anyway, you know, one of them has to die. Um, but Mm. while, um, while puttering around and deciding what I wanted to do, I found a way into the siege tower and, uh, the way in is to, uh, suppress all desire to want to get in. And that, that is the key to the portal. Um, and then I talked to both of them and I couldn't tell either of them how to, uh, how to get into the tower. And I felt like, "Mm, surely, Surely you'd think that, like, sharing that knowledge would be a way for this uh, quest to uh, uh, articulate and uh, wrap up nonviolently, but um, no such luck. No, you're right. You've been a really good conclusion to it, you know? Mm, yeah. Even if they made you do a wisdom or intelligence check just to tell them. Yeah, but uh, alas. That's a, just a small nitpick, really. I murdered that demon just so I could get prettier. <laughs> <laughs> Your reward from... Uh, uh, helping Sebastian in the end is a plus one or two to charisma, I believe. Okay. One yeah. of those two. All right. <laughs> he basically says, I can't make you prettier, but I can help you be more convincing. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got a similar hand from uh, from somebody in the uh, in the brothel who uh, stopped, ah, me, yeah. stopped me from stinking so much. It's <laughs> very funny. Uh, the brothel is such an interesting place. Um so, located in the clerk's ward, which is adjacent to the lower ward, and I'd say this is really the hoity-toity area mm. of Sigil. You've got fantastical creatures that won't kill you, unlike the lower areas. Mm. Um, mystical oddities, what have you. 
And you also have the brothel for slating intellectual lusts. This is a fun area. The brothel in Planescape Torment involves no... I wouldn't, no sexual interaction whatsoever. Hmm. Instead, it is a place for those wanting to expand their mind and not even just acquire information, but to have themselves challenged and stimulated in a way that really makes their brains work. And I think that's so, it's cool, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, mean, it's still, um, it still ties into like a few, um, like not great stereotypes about role-playing oh, games no, since like all, all of all of the all of the madams are well they're, they're all madams it's it's only lady uh brothel workers um which i thought they kind of missed a trick there and it felt a little uh, felt <laughs> felt a little horny in places but um you're neglecting the one man who has changed himself into an armoire and refuses to tell anybody else about it yeah but he doesn't work there he's just a perv <laughs> He's part of the establishment at this point. <laughs> well, basically, yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. No, that's definitely... You're right there. I do agree with that. Mm. I, I mean, it's feel... a fantasy world. You'd think they would... Well, I don't know. <laughs> I think... It's a 20-year-old game. It's yeah, right. I was going to say... My... And I hate to use the phrase, but say it's a sign of the times, you know? Yeah, definitely I do so. feel like... If this was a 2018 game, I would have definitely noticed that much more uh-huh most definitely however what i did notice is the wonderful um madam if you will of this brothel falls from grace hmm yeah boy uh, uh boy did, did she make anna mad in my party oh. oh just wait till you travel with them it's a oh i bet yeah it's a, very much of a fight but um falls from grace is a potential party member for the nameless ones group she is a chaste succubus. So I'll, let that, I'll let those two words sink in for a while. Uh-huh. Now, a chaste succubus is something I've never seen in any other form of entertainment, whether it be books, movies, video games, what have you. And I really like how well it fits the, the thought of torment for all these characters. Because mm. everyone that joins your party genuinely is a tormented soul. Hmm. We have um, uh, Dakon, who's a slave, whose race hates above everything else being enslaved. Mm-hmm. We have Anna, who's a you know child of the streets, uh, part uh, part human, part typhling, so not really fitting in anywhere. Hmm. And then you have a succubus who fights against her very nature of what it means to be a succubus. Yeah. These poor party members, man. <laughs> <laughs> they are they are drawn to you. I feel like the only one who's having a grand old time is really Ignis, and <laughs> and even then, I mean, that just seems like it's on an it's entire not a grand old time for anyone else. <laughs> it's an entire entirely different plane of torment, really. But it's yeah. it's one that's kind of uh, he's peculiar, Ignis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we mentioned a little bit of him on the last episode. Mm. I did go back um, and get him. This is another potential party. Yes, um, I picked him up for a little bit mm-hmm. just to get his spells that yeah. he can teach you. Because some of them are fantastic, but who do they hurt? <laughs> mm. In a game where um, we've been doing random stuff to acquire, you know, HP or stat up- upgrades, it's very have to actually be punished in a way to get stronger. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah. It really punishes the uh, exploration. Although they give you fair warning. Mm-hmm. That it's going to hurt to learn from Ignis. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, did we even mention that he's nothing but flames? Uh, yeah, we didn't, because uh, I, I didn't really expect that. I mean, I probably should have from the name and how you see him, but, uh, you know, I figured that, you know, using that decanter of water on him would uh, free him from his flame prison. Uh, but no, no, not at all. It just wakes him up enough to uh, have him go on a journey with you. And, and like the his his girlfriend who asks you to free him, uh, he, he gives her a big hug and just turns her into ash immediately. And it's like, oh, that part man. Really sad. That was sad, yeah. But um, so Ignis is a uh, former student of a previous incarnation of the Nameless One mm. who... Uh, set fire to many areas of the wards. You actually hear this story earlier in the game. Hmm. And pretty much every magical practicer of Sigil, whether they be high-class mages or just general hedge witches or what have you, came together to imprison Ignis into the plane of fire, thinking it was kind of a just dessert, you know? You set everything on fire, you get sent to the fire. Turns out that was the best thing that could have happened to Ignis because he loved it. He's a bit of a Beavis figure almost. Yes. <laughs> he Well, it's funny too because stat-wise in the game, I believe he has either the lowest intelligence or wisdom at like a three or two, or one of them. Uh, I think that's his, char- his charisma that's at three. Oh, charisma. Sorry. Yeah. Which yeah. makes sense when you speak to him. He's awful. <laughs> He wants to do nothing but talk about setting everything on fire. Yeah. He gets quite angry if you uh, speak to him when you speak to your party members. He's just like, no, enough talk. Burn, burn, burn. Yeah. I think he is the most evil party member. Hmm. And which... Uh, I think isn't... he's kind of like beyond, though. I mean, I guess... Yeah, yeah. Out of all the party to... members, he uh, is the most uh, immoral, but I guess it's more amoral. Yeah, he doesn't really have a stake in the adventures of the party. He's just kind of yeah. following his old teacher, and he just wants to see everything burn. Yeah. It doesn't matter to him who lives or who dies. As long as everything's on fire, he's content. Hmm. <laughs> so, uh, naturally, I did not keep him in my party. I was trying to go for a good playthrough, mm-hmm. and he's kind of counterintuitive to that. Hmm. If yeah. you want to have a grand old time, take him to speak with a mourns for trees oh, the man who God. wishes to bring back life to the smoldering it goes about as well as you'd expect yeah i can to help i can imagine <laughs> i don't know who else uh, who else i'd want to help uh, with a with a forestry issue yeah exactly <laughs> uh goodness um anyways while we're on the topic of um party members i'd like to talk about the two i guess we call them secret party members that you can acquire in this game. Uh, Nordrum and Valor mm-hmm. are the final two party members that you can acquire. And they definitely do take a bit more work to get to. Uh, oh, yeah. Nordrum I, miss, I miss these guys particular. completely. Oh, yeah. I I hate to say it, but if you don't know what to look for, it is very easy to miss them in the game. Mm. Um, so Nordrum is found within... The Nordrum Cube, which is an item that you pick up from the exotic shop in the Clerk's Ward. Oh, I've got that. <laughs> yeah, if you, it's a little puzzle you have to solve to get yeah. into it. But um, it is the first and I believe only randomly generated dungeon that's ever existed in a Bioware's Infinity Engine, hmm. and it is tough. This part gave me more trouble than anything else I've played throughout the game. 
Oh yeah. And if it wasn't for knowing that a party member waits at the end of it, I wouldn't even bother with it. Hmm. I yeah, like I thought that the cube was just a joke. Really, um, I had an excess of coin, so I bought it, and then it was like, oh, it's an action figure with eighteen points of articulation, <laughs> and you know, you can make it like have a fight against invisible adversaries, and then like make it talk in a voice and call Mort an idiot. So I figured it was just like you know, making <laughs> making fun of that um, like. Uh, uh, action figure collection culture, and to a degree it is, but I didn't realize yeah. that like there's actually a more practical thing that you can do with it in the end. Oh yes, if, like, like we said before, it's always the random items that have the strangest uses in this game. Oh yeah. Um, so he's a member of the uh, Modron race, mm. who are a lawfully, I believe they're lawfully good, but they're basically a hive mind. All together, they all think and act on the same wavelength. Okay. Except for um, Nordrum, who his name is actually Modron backwards, mm. <laughs> because he's a backwards um, Modron. Mm-hmm. He no longer follows into the hive mind. He was just kind of created as an accident. He doesn't really have a place in the world. Mm. Following into you know the whole party members being tormented. Mm-hmm. And he's voiced by one Dan Castaneda, who is Homer Simpson, as some of you may know. <laughs> a man with amazing range. It's actually it's surprising. Like yeah. it does not. I expected more Homery. It was not. <laughs> uh, I love I love Nordrum. He's he's very he's a baby to this world. He's never been connected to his hive mind. He's been trapped in this cube since he was created. So everything he experiences is just brand new to him and. He really tries his best to follow in the footsteps of um, the Nameless One. And you can actually influence him so much depending on your class and how high you've leveled. And ah, I love him. <laughs> uh, and then we also have, as the final and uh, literally the last person that you can recruit in this game, uh, Valor, mm. who stupidly enough is just kind of hiding behind a portal in the game. Not, not you have to go into the portal. It's ha- you have to ignore the portal and literally go behind it to acquire him. Yeah, what's that about? That's that's peculiar. It, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bonus a at Western the end RPG there. I was not a RPG designer in the late nineties. Yeah, <laughs> but um, Valor is a living suit of armor mm. who refuses to accept that he has died. If Ignis is the epitome of chaos, um, Valor is the epitome of lawfulness. Hmm. And that's not necessarily a good thing. Yeah, really Valor is exactly black and white. He actually will not hesitate to kill you if he witnesses you do a crime or no matter how minuscule it is, you know, or even hearing something about one of your past incarnations. Oh, really? invoke justice on you. Okay, that's fun. Not an easy fight. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, he wouldn't have been happy with a few things that I did. So yeah, he he is a he's a tough. If you're not specifically lawfully good, he is a tough um, companion to have because mm. at least Ignis doesn't care. He's yeah. just chaos. Valor is he's, he's Valor's the guy who tells you you got to be in bed by nine. You know, <laughs> no exception. Right. Uh, he has some cool moments, which I love speak about later on as we continue on the story. Yeah, yeah, please do. So, um, at this point, we've been hearing a lot about a woman named uh, Ravel Puzzlewell Mm. from many members of the cast. 
Uh, it seems that she has a connection to the Nameless One in actuality. So mm. a lot Indeed of our main does. mission here is to find a way to get to her. Because as we've been told, she was, quote-unquote, mazed by the Lady of Pain who rules over Sigil. And even then, she's become like the stuff of legends, like a, a, a fairy tale to keep naughty children in line. But, you know, we, we, knowing what we know about this world, we know that this probably isn't just a fairy tale. Yeah, there's there's no such thing as fairy tales in this world. Everything has a truth to it. Yeah. And it's more likely than you think. Indeed. So for uh, hence as to uh, Ravel's location, we travel to the Sensates, who are a uh, organization in Sigil who basically gather sensations from people who more often than not willingly give up these sensations for others to experience. Mm. And there are a lot of cool moments in here, especially when you go looking back through uh, people's memories and yeah. what have you. Did you, uh, perchance, go through uh, Dianara's memories? Here? I did, yeah. That's oh. uh, a, a sad old time when you, uh, you're seeing her, her longing and her devotion through her eyes, but your current incarnation uh, remembers how manipulative and horrible you were to her and how her death was pretty much I all your fault. I remember the first time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time I actually um, experienced that scene and I had to actually take a break. Mm. It's so... It's, it's rough. It's very rough. Um, for those unawares, basically what you're doing at this moment is going back through a memory of a Dianara, who was a previous incarnation's lover. And while experiencing this memory through her point of view, the Nameless One actually begins to remember the exact moment, but from his previous incarnation's mm. point of view. And the con... Uh, the, the contrast between the two of them hmm. is stark and horrible. Because Dianara just truly loves the Nameless One. Yeah. But this previous incarnation cares nothing except for his survival. He is the practical incarnation. Yeah. Everything has a reason and morality does not fall into play for him. So he's not afraid to say that, that he loves her when he doesn't care at all. Yes. He will do anything to further his goals. Yeah. Ugh, man, what a what a guy <laughs> that practical incarnation. Yeah, a lot of our uh, previous incarnations aren't so great. Uh, the paranoid one's entertaining. <laughs> oh, he's fun. Yeah, there's the. Uh, it, it's fun to see just how different your previous lives were. And I think the paranoid one also has a uh, sensation stone, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Mm. Um, it's. I believe he even starts speaking to you through that one because of his paranoia. He does, yeah. He believes you're there, and I mean, technically you are. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but he—he is—he's put himself inside of inside of this uh, sensate stone, and he believes that he's trapped you, and he thinks that he's on the outside and you're on the inside, and you can just have a bit of a conversation with him and be like, mm, "I think you kind of messed this up. I think you, I think you <laughs> trapped yourself, buddy," <laughs> and then just walk away. Um, uh, early in this episode, uh, Robert and I were talking about how it's possible to actually be mazed like Ravel in this game, mm. where if you uh, upset the Lady of Pain, or sorry, the Lady of, uh, the Lady of Sigil, uh, she will send you to your own maze. 
And while you're in there, you actually do discover stuff from the uh, paranoid incarnation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which I'm very in. You find a journal made of your own skin. Ah. So. We keep picking these up, I find. <laughs> yeah. You have a lot of skin to go around. Yeah. And I feel like other RPGs can't say that about their own protagonists. Yeah. Looking, it looks like you've shed a lot of it over the years, the, uh, yeah. the character portrait. All I'm saying is, show me a Tales game, show me a Final Fantasy game, where I can wield my own arm as a weapon, and yeah, we'll talk from there, all right? <laughs> all right, yeah. <laughs> Continuing on with a Rabble's quest. Mm-hmm. So um, we do find one uh, of the Sensate Stones where we actually do get to, for a moment, speak with Rabble and find our way of getting to her. And that is requiring a piece of her, which we... Uh, how would you explain it, how this part goes about? Because well, the connections in my brain are kind of hard to make. I briefly want to mention that this Sensate Stone, where you converse with Ravel, it's like you're a victim of hers on the table, um, and she is uh, she's breaking through the, the recorded routine to speak to you directly, but um, you're, like, being dissected on a, on a, on a table uh, while she's talking to you, and you're talking to each other, and she's just, like, digging around in you and cutting limbs off and so like she's her her actions are are following this script but she's she's breaking the breaking this dialogue of the script yes. to <laughs> to say like oh well you know find a bit of me uh, it is out there um and that's when I, I think that gives you the hint that you need that she has a child somewhere mm. and there are rumors swirling that this child may be one of the brothel workers and these rumors uh, turn out to be true. As they do in this game. <laughs> yes. But, um, yes, we do get the chance to actually meet uh, Ravel's daughter. And with a drip of her blood that requires some convincing to get, mm-hmm. in whichever way you want your nameless one to convince her. Mm. I ended uh, up doing, like, the whole Ravel's- chain of chain of brothel deals, um, which ended up with me uh, killing somebody. Um, the... Uh, creator of Delora, the artificial brothel worker. Um, I I didn't care for him very much, so I didn't want to do his quest, so I was going to steal some keys from him, and he caught me stealing, and I ended up killing him and then having to... And now every time I go to the the clerk's ward, I have to to outrun the guards. (laughs) Just like in any real-life D&D game, the only solution to being caught stealing is to just murder everything in sight. It seemed like it was. Uh, Well, that that tipped the scales for chaotic good for me, so... (laughs) Gotcha. Fair enough. That's when the achievement pops up, and you're yeah. like, "Got it." <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so you you have to convince her to to give a bit of her blood. I mean, you have to even convince her that Ravel is her mother because she doesn't want to believe that. So that takes takes some doing. Uh, and so then you've got your key. You just need to find the door. Man, some of these quests, like the first time I played it, just stumped me. It's like, all right, I've got the item. Hmm. Now where? <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know what to do here. I needed to look things up. Yeah. See, I had the same problem when I played up Baldur's Gate mm-hmm. um, back in the late 2000s. Yeah. Where it's just something about these late 90s Western RPGs. I just have the hardest time following along with mm-hmm. what the game wants me to do. Like, I feel like I need a guide. Yeah. And this was kind of be- before before the quest log, really. I mean, Torment has one. It's kind of useless. But... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's your journal, which is constantly being updated. Mm, yeah. 
If you if you've been playing for five minutes and you haven't heard updated my journal within <laughs> that five minutes, you're playing it wrong. Big into big into scrapbooking. Our name was wrong. <laughs> I would love it if you just opened up and there's just like crayon drawings and stickers. Dear it's diary. Like me and Mort had fun today. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. So at this point we get to meet Ravel. Now what were your thoughts on this whole experience with her? Because there are some very interesting ways that the conversation can go. It always ends in a fight. I will tell you that much. Okay, I thought that it, I thought that it might always end in a fight. Which uh, I thought was a little unfortunate, but it's a big point. You know, she is, no matter who she is, she is swayed by what has happened here. Um, Mm -hmm. She's interesting, um, because what you hear about Ravel is that she's like the greatest evil that um, Sigil has ever known. And she was going to, you know, unleash the gates of hell to to overrun the city just because she's that blackhearted and evil. Um, And so she was mazed by the lady for doing so. But um, when you actually meet her, um, she's she's other. Uh, she's other in a way, kind of like Ignis, not quite as malevolent. Um, I would not call her evil. Um, in fact, the nameless one owes her a big apology. Really, yes. Um, so she is. Uh, she's a, a, a daffy, a daffy old lady with incredible powers who can't stand to see. Uh, to see people enslaved or or trapped, so she wanted to she wanted to set the Lady of Pain, the ruler of Sigil, free, uh, and uh, was uh, which I you know I think that involves making Sigil vanish because it's just one big Sigil, uh, and she was mazed for her efforts. Um, and the previous incarnation of the Nameless One, um, knowing that Ravel had these powers, um went to her maze and like sweet talked her and seduced her and you know was saying like oh you're so beautiful to um manipulate her into uh granting him immortality um yep, that's right this is where the immortality comes from yeah and so she's yeah like she's doing some nasty things as well i mean she's like tormenting people because of her love for uh for the nameless one uh, and you know, trying to get an answer of of you know what's what's inside, what's inside someone's soul is what what can change the nature of a man is her famous riddle, and she she wants to find out what can change the nature of any individual person. It's not really a riddle; it's just like what is the meaning of life? Tell me your reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and those who uh, don't answer honestly get a <laughs> get a lifetime of like I guess getting chopped up uh like like her sensei you know what maybe she is evil <laughs> but uh anyway uh you were uh, you were a bit of a bigger bastard and uh, manipulated her uh hook line and sinker into uh granting your little wish yes it's a uh... I felt bad for her oh yeah without a doubt but like what was she gonna do out in the world still you know it's kind of like this monster's been contained. Mm. She's not necessarily doing bad things, but the potential for her to do bad. Mm. She didn't you know what I really mean? have a desire to be out of her cage anyway. Yeah, it's no, like she's she, pretty content yeah. with her life. Mm. Until you come back around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, this whole conversation with uh, Ravel is really, really uh, where things begin to break down for some of the backstory. It's where we learn about our immortality, 
um, how we had been there once before with Ravel to acquire these things, mm. some more information on uh, previous incarnations, what have you. Mm. And the shape of this conversation is really influenced by how well you treat Ravel. Mm-hmm. Like the nicer you are to her, the better rewards you can actually acquire. Like you can get at least a dozen different stat boosts just from this conversation alone, mm. what she can teach you. And uh, this is also where you find out that she uh, assumed form. She managed to, like, uh, yes, yes, ast- astral project to be uh, Marta in the underground village or the uh, lady with the needle and thread in uh, in, in, in the mortuary. Basically, she assumes the form of, like, these kind of, like, bizarre surgical uh, women who seem to be operating on, like, a different level of consciousness. So, um, you know, seeing that, the, like, these ladies who you meet, I think there's three of them who are all, like, quite similarly bizarre, as they're all, they're all actually shades of Ravel uh, watching mm-hmm. over you on your, on your journey. Yes, uh, the third one is actually Mabeth, who teaches you how to become a mage mm. in the game, which I find is a cool little thing, especially as someone who played a mage the first time, discovering yeah. that, you know... It's been <laughs> it's been ravel all along yeah, guiding yeah. us down this path. So, I remember this fight being pretty tough too. It is tough. And, she's uh, got some she's got some real protection and some nasty spells. And uh, you did it with uh, less party members than I did. Yeah. So <laughs> without the healer too. <laughs> yeah, I probably should have just allowed Falls from Grace to come along, but what can you do? Didn't want, didn't want to upset Anna. <laughs> right. She's a little bit of like the vanilla ice cream of the party, but yeah, those healing powers are pretty nice. Mm. So after defeating Ravel, we have to make um, an escape from her maze. And with a piece of Ravel's hair, we actually open up a portal to the Outlands of Cursed. Mm. And it's here in this moment that we get a glimpse of our true evil of this game, the transcendent one. Mm. Wow, what a jerk this guy is. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, should we talk... I say we save the Transcendent One's truth for more towards the end. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So, um, the Transcendent One is basically this evil that has been sending out... Has actually been uh, responsible for killing the Nameless One most of these times. Hmm. He's the reason for your amnesia and everything. And uh, randomly throughout the game, I'm not sure how many times you encountered it, but um, random shadows will attack you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, I think if you stand if you stand idle for long enough, they yes. come for you. I think it's like a timer kind of thing like that. If you're not paused, I think because that's when I noticed. Like if I was just idling and doing something else, I soon found that I was being ganged up on by a bunch <laughs> of shadows. Yeah, they're um, very much a surprise to me. And we also get to um, witness them. And a few cutscenes, for example, uh, the, I guess, most previous death of the Nameless One before mm-hmm. Anna discovers us and sends us to the morgue. And also um, in the death of Farad. Yeah, they bump him off, don't they? Yeah. Which, uh, did you go back to his place? Check out his treasures? I've been meaning to. I I, I failed to do so before recording. Uh, I'd, I'd forgotten. So you, get some, you actually get some very nice treasures and some uh, specific story-related items okay. that can enhance the end game <laughs> uh, i missed so much um, i know i, I like that i, know, I okay. like that uh, uh um fast travel opened up around uh, around the time of the clerk's yes. war yes it is by far the most helpful thing in this game because mm. not having fast travel at the beginning 
it's I slow think it really deters a lot of um, newer players. I've yeah. had trouble convincing friends to play just because they felt it's so um, arduous just to constantly travel back and forth. Hmm. But um, at this point in the game, we're actually leaving Sigil for a while. Hmm. This is where we end up in Cursed. Now, I know you were talking about how excited you were to um, explore more of the planes. Oh, yeah. So, um, what do you think? I believe, uh, and I apologize so much if I um, say this wrong, but I believe Cursed is the uh, lawful good area of the planes. I yeah, may be wrong. I, I apologize if I am, listeners. I think so. I mean, it's pretty desolate. It's mm. um, it's it's a fun sort of like I don't know, almost like desert deserty outpost uh, style uh, to you know, in contrast to um, Sigil's constantly shifting hustle and bustle. Yes, it's uh, one of the border towns yeah. on the plains, actually. So it resides on the very edge of literal alignment, mm. which comes very much into play later in the game. Yeah, what a what a, what a weird thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, can you imagine how horrible it would be if you were just in your house, all of a sudden, like, you go out and you're like, what's wrong? And it's like, oh, Tommy down the street decided that he doesn't want to play with his friends anymore. So he's gotten more chaotic. So now we all have to be more chaotic. <laughs> I would not want to live on these planes. Yeah. I've said it once. I'll say it again. This is a terrible world. Yeah, it's I don't gross. want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so um, our main mission in uh, Cursed is to find Trius, mm. who can point us in the direction of our mortality. Mm-hmm. So, Trius is kept in a prison. and This is one of those places where I had an annoying time, too. Anytime where a lot of encounters get forced onto us, yeah, I don't have a good time. And I hate to say it, but that's... If there was less fighting in this game, it would just be so much better. Oh, yeah, because it's... Uh, I don't find it fun, personally, but... No. <laughs> I, I don't really have because I, I haven't played very many of these I don't have a lot of nostalgia for the Infinity Engine uh, combat system but yeah it's just not for me really um, I yeah, think even if there were less encounters and maybe if they were something more along the lines of the early Fallout games I would probably have more fun with it but that would be something else entirely I, I think um, Torment Tides of Numenera handles it that way but also you okay. don't have to get in any battles in that game if you don't want to aside <laughs> from the very first one um, even playing as a mage, yeah. every time I go into battle and scroll through my available spells, hmm. my brain would stop working and I'd just stare at an icon and be like, what does this one do again? I hope it's damaged. And I cast it. And it's like, nope, everyone's a little faster. Yeah, it's very, uh, very late 90s opaque. Yeah, all while being pummeled by demons. Mm-hmm. Which is a recurring theme for me, actually, in the second part of this game. Hmm. <laughs> Nonstop demon pummeling. Mm-hmm. I just tried to run a- run away as much as I could, really, which probably <laughs> probably wasn't the thing to do. But I mean, you see, you really do seem to get most of your experience from quests here. So, um, Trius, fallen angel hmm. that we discover in the cursed prison. Um, what do you think of this guy? Seems pretty trustworthy, right? Like he would never lie to us. Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, being a fallen angel must have been an accident. Like I'm sure it was a big misunderstanding. Yeah, and I'm sure yeah, I'm yeah. sure he's deep down just a sweet guy at heart. Yeah, and he's well, he's friends with Ravel, isn't he? Is that right? Uh, I think it's more um, in, 
it's more of an acquaintance thing, okay. if you will. Well, still a company. <laughs> He's got a great friend, actually, in uh, one of the demon worlds we get to discover in a little bit. Oh, he does, doesn't he? Yeah, Fujo. <laughs> He's, a, yeah. he's an entertaining character. <laughs> yeah. So um, we end up uh, freeing Trius from his binds in the cursed prison, which turns out not to be one of our better decisions in the game. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> so Trius, who's been kept prisoner, um, claims that he does not know where um, the Nameless One's mortality lies. Hmm. He definitely sends us off on a more of a quest, and actually sends us uh, to the Outlands, hmm. where we discover a very interesting character, one of my favorites, uh, Fujil, who is a demon that is a, I believe, chaotic evil, mm-hmm. but because of a promise that he made to Trius, is forced to be good. <laughs> and he lets you know how genuinely painful it is for him to be nice to you. And Just being nice to you is the worst thing that can, he can imagine. And he's a real pissed off good boy. Yeah. <laughs> he's so... Like, like, just talking to him and being like, um, saying, can me and my party rest here? He's like, sure. Why not? Take my bed, why don't you? <laughs> like, you just know that the second he's free, he will gladly murder you. Yeah. Passive and everything else kindness. around him. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he actually... Um, helps you figure out a way to get to uh, Bator, where one of, I'd argue, the more unsettling characters, if you will, of this game lies. Mm. The uh, the Tower of Skulls. Yeah, this thing is horrible. I love it. Pillar but, of Skulls, my yeah. apologies. <laughs> so, uh, it's reminded me of a myth, kind of. Kind of, like... This thing will tell you anything that you want to know, but at a horrible price each time. I'm sure there's a myth like that somewhere in the world. It's on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of monkey's paw-esque, but you're looking for uh, information rather than wishes. Yes, exactly. But uh, the prices that he requires are pretty, pretty rough. Mm. Um, So uh, did you actually sell him the Modron Cube since you had it? Uh, yes, I did. Yeah, that's probably the best um, thing that you can give to him. Yeah, I didn't want to do the alternative of, you know, <laughs> possibly, like, putting Mort back, you know? Yes. Oh, my. Oof, man. You want to know what the worst part about putting Mort back is? Mm. You can pull him out again. <laughs> and he is... <laughs> like, he's not okay, but... I can't put into words just like this this fun loving skull that's always been wisecracking throughout our entire adventure after pulling him out from the pillar of skulls again is just he's broken that's the best word mentally he's broken that's the best thing I can say it's pretty sad yeah and you can throw one of your potential lovers Anna or falls from grace into there as well because why not why oh. do you care <laughs> Yeah, I guess uh, maybe a previous incarnation would have done so. Oh, absolutely, or a potential modern incarnation. Yeah, if you want, if you want to, if you want to walk that path again. Oh man, I'm just <laughs> being bad makes me feel bad. Yeah, that's that's, that's too much for me. That's uh, all I can say about that. But um, so the pillar of skulls, um, basically one of the things that you can ask, and the most important thing you can ask the pillar of skulls 
is how do you get into the Fortress of Regrets? Hmm. Um, I'm not sure if it's told at this point exactly. It kind of blurred for me at the end. But the Fortress of Regrets is our end game. Mm-hmm. It is where our mortality lies. It is where we need to go to find out the truth behind the Nameless One. Mm. And the Pillar of Skulls tells us that Trius has lied to us. And he does know how to get there. <laughs> who would have thought that a fallen angel would break yeah. our hearts like this? Yeah, who, who's, you know, lock, a fallen angel who's locked up in uh, in the law planes for... I'm sure it was a misunderstanding. Yeah. <laughs> so, with uh, vengeance in our hearts, we decide to um, head back to Cursed, and things have changed. Hmm. Or the worst. Hey. Oh, yeah, they have. <laughs> So, uh, like I mentioned before, um, uh, Cursed borders on the edge of a plane, like a literal plane of existence between these worlds. And once the uh, alignment of the peoples of this plane have changed enough, this town actually gets sucked into the other plane, hmm. which is not a pleasant procedure. And this is uh, this is what they call the pleasant the prison plane, correct? Yes. Hmm. So, um. There's one cool thing that I did like about this specific moment. So um, our goal here is to get back to Trius, find out um, how to get into the Fortress of Regrets, mm. and also kind of stop all this madness that's happening. Uh, on the way towards Trius, there's actually a couple of tiny side quests that you can do to mm. help shift the alignment of this town. <laughs> Try to shift and it by- back up out of the uh, out of the mire. <laughs> Yes, and by doing so, you actually manage to weaken Trius's hold. Like, literally in his boss yeah. battle, he will become a weaker character. And that's like, <laughs> that was a cool little thing that I liked. Yeah. I'm kind of sad that it was thrown um, towards us near the very end of the game, but I liked it. Yeah, I like it. I like too. the alignment play that these games have. Hmm. And Trius, that poor, poor unfortunate soul, how'd that boss fight go towards you? <laughs> for mage, for mage, nameless one, I was throwing out level nine spells at this point and getting not, it over with. <laughs> not, not fun. Um, mostly just me healing myself and letting everybody else go to town on him. Um, right. And you know, hurriedly quick slotting needles and threads and uh, clot charms to heal my guys <laughs> as and when. Um, I probably should have been playing like priest or something instead of just this. Uh, messy, uh, messy item using role that I was playing. It, was, I, it wasn't good. It's unfortunate though because you actually cannot be a priest in this game. Okay, right. Me, it makes me sad, but the lore explanations that I've heard from people make sense. That basically the nameless one has done so many things. Yeah, you're kind of too far gone, gone, really. Yeah, that every god has forsaken him. Hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, it would make sense. Like, I didn't find any way to to uh, change to priest. I just, you know, I found the items, but I guess they're party member exclusive. Yeah, they exclusive. tease it towards you. Like, you even yeah. have a priest spellbook. Mm. Yeah, you, yeah, you do. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a little bit of a tease. Maybe it was cut. That, uh, I could see that happening. Mm. I mean, I understand the lore reasons I've heard from uh, fans and what have you, but I wouldn't be surprised if it had... Just gotten cut in the long run. Mm. It would have been very nice to play a healer. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but some, there's some there's some charm about 
sticking a needle and thread into your arm in the middle of battle. Oh, that's fun. To yeah. Keep yourself going. <laughs> or into your friend's arm. Yeah, or into exactly. uh, or into Mort's skull. Uh, man, any questions about <laughs> Mort that I still wonder? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Trius' fate is actually left in our hands hmm. after the battle. Um, you have the choice to just uh, flat out kill him, or you can actually attempt to have him redeem himself. Hmm. How did this go for you? Hmm. I want to know, Rob. I I had had enough of Trius' baloney, um, and I ended up killing him. <laughs> it was one of the few characters that I killed. That's that's fair. Yeah. Uh I believe did you get the celestial sword that way? Uh yes I did. Perfect. I think that's one of the best weapons in the game, hmm. but I believe you have to be a lawful character to wield it. Yeah, I I, I wasn't able to use it, but I did have it. <laughs> I had a lot of things that I couldn't use. Sorry, this is actually a I mentioned before how uh, certain events are different with Valor. Mm-hmm. This is one of those times where uh, no matter what you do, Valor will kill Trius. <laughs> okay, yeah, I bet. He he doesn't play. Yeah. There's, there is no gray area for Valor. It is pure black and white. <laughs> mm. All right, but from uh, Trius, we discover that our destination has been in the mortuary all this time. Hmm. <laughs> Which is <laughs> yeah. What a surprise! I know. It's it always kind of makes me laugh when I see it in video games where it's like the final place is just the first place all over again. I tend to like it when it's nicely done. Um, mm. I liked it in I like that kind of thing in. Well, I liked it here. Um, I thought it, yeah. it wrapped things up in a nice little because you, you know you're doing this circle of of death and rebirth and you know coming f- full circle on your quest as well. I thought it was a nice touch. Um, I, I liked it in Breath of Fire too, but that's neither, that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, well, what if it's, if it's done, if it's done nicely and like alludes to, okay, there's something happening here. You don't know what it is, but we got to move on and get the plot going and then going back to see what that, see what that's all about. That, that works on me. It worked on me very well here. Yeah. I mean, the only thing the nameless one really gains that he needs to enter um, the Fortress of Regret is just how to open the portal, mm. which is simply writing a regret onto um, uh, <laughs> on the paper and throwing it into the sky. Like, oh. if we just known this, we could have just turned around right at the beginning and done it. <laughs> we would have been killed instantly, but... Yeah. <laughs> the, the Fortress of Regret... Okay, so... I feel like this is probably one of the more emotional points of the game. Mm. It's because we really see... Um, the personal story of the nameless one come to such a good conclusion. Yeah. And also with our companions, we get to see some great shining moments. <laughs> so um, in the fortress of regret, it's similar to um, a maze. Basically we have going throughout um, activating these machines and teleporting different areas in the fortress. Hmm. And um, almost each time that we activate one of these machines, we get a glimpse of a, one of our companions who's been separated from us hmm. and they alone encounter the transcendent one and basically give an amazing speech and then go down swinging. Hmm. These were some of my favorite moments in the game. And it makes me sad that you didn't get falls from grace. Cause she has a moment here. Yeah. And I really should have, but <laughs> so, uh, um, 
some of them basically have like the characters uttering a motto, like Dakin talks about how he's agreed to follow the nameless one to the end, what have you. Yeah. Uh, falls from grace. Like the second the transcendent one start, starts talking, she just blasts him with magic. You just oh, go shut awesome. up and fight. Like your healer is the one to go on the offensive. And I'm like, ah, oh, I loved her. Just doesn't have time for <laughs> Kinda it. Kind of played favorites with her over Anna, but yeah. <laughs> what have you. And uh, we both have the same thing here, actually. One of your uh, mini-bosses is actually either uh, Valor or Ignis. Mm. And this depends on uh, which of the two of them are still alive and what your alignment is. It's alignment, is. right? Yeah. Basically, if you've been playing like a good to neutral character, you'll be fighting Ignis. But if you're an evil little guy, uh, <laughs> Valor's coming to town for you. <laughs> So it was it was interesting ah. to have to go up against Ignis and how I suppose like you'd probably not fight either of them if you didn't bring them along. I'm not sure um, how it would articulate. It's interesting because um in mine in my personal playthrough this time, uh mm. I did not kill Ignis, but I had left him behind right. in the hive, and he still appears to fight you. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. I wonder if you just never interacted with him at all, what would happen. Hmm. That's to, interesting too because I mean it's to possible to have no interactions with Ignis or Valor. Yeah. Like, it's possible for them to just not appear in your game. Mm. So I'm not hundred percent sure what happens at event. It might just be an empty room or one for maybe a, re- a tiny mob or what have you. One for a repeat playthrough, I'm sure. Yeah. Definitely one of these days I'll try a minimalist playthrough. Like, yeah. No side quests, as little <laughs> companions as possible. It's just going to be more than That's it. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, uh, let's talk about our, uh, friends that we meet Mm. in the Fortress of Regret, specifically our previous incarnations. Yeah. You, uh, you finally, finally get to meet these, these people whose, uh, uh, actions you've heard about. And especially you finally get, you finally get to meet the Paranoid Boy again. (laughs) The Paranoid Boy is a very interesting fellow when he comes face to face um so when encountering uh your previous incarnations there's basically two ways that your interactions can end with them Mm. you're either gonna kill them or you're gonna merge and Mm. form an even stronger nameless one and that merging takes a little bit of time especially with the paranoid and uh practical Mm. incarnations Mm. uh um i think you can you can mess up here too, can't you? I think um, you can sort of like lose a dice roll if your stats aren't high enough. And when you, oh yes, that is correct. Um, it's like Saga Frontier with blue and, and rouge. Uh, specifically, um, what you're speaking of specifically is with the uh, practical incarnation. Correct. Yeah. So basically, um, he knows about the whole being able to merge yeah. into the same nameless one, and because he's the evil boy. He is basically saying, all right, I'm going to take you over. Mm. If you're, I believe it's a wisdom check, and you need above 20 wisdom to do mm-hmm. this. Uh, if yeah, I had not... 20 wisdom and I failed, so it must be like 21. <laughs> yeah. But basically, um, if you fail, like Robert said, the paranoid incarnation takes you over, and you lose. Good day, <laughs> sir. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, so if all else fails, just start swinging, basically, mm-hmm. in this game. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I had to do that there. <laughs> yeah. 
he's a tough bun. But you also get to meet the good incarnation mm. or the first incarnation. Mm-hmm. This big guy. <laughs> yeah. Basically, the good incarnation is the reason all of this is happening. It's never explained what it is. It's never explained how or why. All we know is that the good incarnation did something so horrible, so evil and abhorrent that he chose to seek to live forever just for the chance to atone for the sin. Hmm. Like, what is it? It's never yeah. explained. I, yeah. I mean, it's almost better that it's never explained, but uh, yeah, that's really tantalizing. I know it's, uh, mm, I want more, but yeah. <laughs> It's been 20 years. I <laughs> highly doubt it. Like anything that they would say, it, it just wouldn't live up to That's your yeah. imagination, really. So uh, I'm so fine. Not- I'm fine with not knowing, but it is such a tease. Oh, God. There's another moment just like that. Um, and this one is annoying uh, returning. But basically, before you enter into the Fortress of Regret, if you go back to Farad's, and pick up the bronze sphere that you had to hunt for him. Stinky, stinky sphere. Yes. Take it with you into the Fortress of Regrets. In the room where you encounter the incarnations, Hmm. after dealing with all of them, you actually acquire the knowledge to open the sphere. Oh. And within that sphere is your name. Oh. Yes. The nameless one discovers his name, but we don't. (laughs) <laughs> yes all the game te- all the game says after you open it is like huh and it was so simple after all this time it's like what was it <laughs> i um I-, I thought something must have been up with that nasty sphere uh and i felt like oh just handing it over to farad that can't be the end of that uh i'm glad to hear that it wasn't that's very fun yeah it's such a and it's i it gives you an experience boost which is kind of negligible at this point in the game hmm. but it's like worth it's either two or twenty million. There's a wow. zero. I'm not okay. sure in my head. Yeah, but just, it is just that finale. <laughs> so, uh, technical thing: uh, the nameless one has an auto regenerating health based mm. on his constitution. Uh, after that point, I just started pouring all my points into constitution, mm-hmm. and the nameless one refused to die. <laughs> it was that's a that's a good way to handle the end game. I think. Ah, uh, so fantastic. Which leads us to our final boss, mm. the Transcendent One, who, mm. surprise, surprise, is the Nameless One's mortality. Mm. Yeah. Now, there are lots of different ways that this can go down. And I'd like to hear from you, Robert, how exactly you handled the, um, the Transcendent One. Uh well I um I ended up using Ravel's question back on him mm. um and um <laughs> and um I ended up uh I ended up unmaking him <laughs> like by by convincing him um because I think this is kind of hinted at that you've done this to uh somebody else uh in one of the I want to say it's one of the sensate stones or it's just, yes. no, uh, no, it's not a sensate stone. It's a memory that bubbles up um, right. where uh, you, uh, it's like a party trick. You can, can, you convince somebody in your past that they don't exist uh, through your powers of debate. And when they can't come up with a rebuttal to um, 
just um, prove without a shadow of a doubt that you're wrong. They cease to exist. Um, and uh, how did I, I, I like, I would have never expected that this, um, this memory, which is a great bit anyway, would be like a hint on how things can shake off, shake out against the final boss. To just like convince it that it doesn't exist anymore. I don't believe in you. Yeah. Well, you gotta go. Ah, <laughs> oh, like, and it really does harken back to a rabble's question: What can change the nature of a man? Yeah. And I believe the answer that's given many times is belief. Hmm. Yeah. And if you don't believe in somebody mm-hmm. in this world, then they just don't exist. Hmm. <laughs> Actually, uh, it's pretty good. Um, because you played a chaotic boy. Um, I did. did you lie about your name at all? Whenever people would ask you who you are, sometimes a fake one. Sometimes, not all the time. I was uh, I was giving out the name uh, Adan every so often. Yes. They give you that name pretty early on. Um, yeah, so I, I used that when I felt like mm, I'm going to play this shady. <laughs> yes. Other other well, times um, I was straight up with people, but not always. If you uh, keep using the name Adon and using it, uh, Adon will appear. Oh, really? Okay. He's holding course bar, and he's like, I don't know who I am, <laughs> how I got here, or anything. I just started being. It's <laughs> like, <this> <laughs> it, it, awesome. All right. So this was... A lot of this game was just very mind-blowing to college-aged Keegan, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's really, still, it still works so well. I know, it's still like, wow! But, like, for 20-year-old Keegan, like, what even is life, man? Like, <laughs> whoa, belief can change the world! Like, ah, oh, I love this game so much. So how did it shake out for you this time? So I actually um, threatened... To kill the transcendent one oh, with a that's... weapon that can unmake anything. Okay. So, <laughs> going back to the lower words, you said you discovered how to get into the siege tower, correct? I did. Yeah. So you discovered the giant iron golem. I sure and, did. Uh, I believe it's pronounced uh, cox metal. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the pronunciations of this game still give me trouble to this day. And he's but, just um, what, he's, he's like the agent of entropy, and he's like, yes. "There must always be war. I will make weapons for war. We will we will kill the wind with our weapons." Yes, and that's he's, he's quite a guy. That's all he does. You can actually uh free him late in the game, and it's <laughs> the most statistically evil thing you can do. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah. You give him the Modron <laughs> disappears into it. To who knows where? Ooh, that wow. is a left open question. <laughs> There's so many different ways that this can turn out. Mm. Um, uh, okay, so when you chose to um, not believe in uh, the transcendent one, mm. did you stop and choose to merge, or did you continue on? Uh, I continued on. <laughs> okay, so you did get rid of them then. I did. Yeah, I was done. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> It's a, a definite power move that you can yeah. pull. But um, a lot of these events can lead you to merging with the transcendent one and gaining ridiculous amounts of power. Hmm. Well, not that you need them at that point, but <laughs> I guess it's yeah. it's like an epilogue, right? It's an yeah, it's not um, an end game use, but it's uh, hmm. lore wise shows off the power. Uh, for example, when you um, encounter the transcendent one for the first time. 
Mm-hmm. Basically, the rest of your party is dead on the floor mm. in front of you. Uh, once you have the Transcendent One's power, you can actually just revive everybody. Oh, whoops. Yes. That would have been nice. <laughs> <laughs> so did you just cut your losses and be like, I'll miss you, gang? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well then, it's a lonely journey journey onwards. For yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but, uh, before we talk about um, specific endings, I want to talk about fighting the Transcendent One, mm. which is very interesting because um, through the use of charisma and wit and what have you, mm. uh, the Transcendent One will actually allow you to revive one of your teammates to fight him. Mm. Uh there's some interesting choices that you can do here. First off is if you uh, choose to revive Mort, the transcendent one just tells you he's not dead. It turns out Mort has been faking it <laughs> this entire time to stay out of fights. That's so picking him will actually let you choose another one. <laughs> the nameless will be like, that doesn't count. Not dead. So, of course, uh, the two biggest ones I think that introduce some cool things are reviving Dakon mm-hmm. or reviving Valor if you have him. Okay. So um, when you revive Dakon as a sweet little callback to um, you talking about his past and how he'll serve you until the death of both your days, you can yeah. be like, Dakon, this is the moment. This is the day of two deaths. And it gives Dakon a crazy boost of power. Awesome. Because his resolve is just there. Let's make it happen. You guys yeah. Go to town, yeah. That's the buddy-buddy system. Or you revive Valor and be like, hey, you know how there's a lot of strife and injustice in the world? He did it. This is the guy. <laughs> yeah. Valor's strength um, <laughs> gets capped at, I believe, 30 just from saying that. You don't need to help. Valor will right. go to town on his own. <laughs> He's a he's a great bonus an, to lawful good characters. An unstoppable machine, yeah. He is. Oh man. But um so after whichever way you choose to deal with the transcendent one, then we get our ending. Mm. Uh I'm curious to hear about how the ending played out for you. Because I know ours was definitely mine was definitely different. Mm. Because I chose to merge with the um transcendent one. Yeah. Uh God, I kind of breezed through this, I gotta admit, which is not the thing to do. Um, uh, give me a minute. <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah. So I'll speak about um, mine right now. So mm-hmm. after merging with the Transcendent One, uh, the Nameless One gains a ton of power. Mm. And he also, because of his merging, is basically now marked for his crimes. Mm. Like, there's no avoiding the evil that he's done anymore will now have to pay for it mm-hmm. and in his last moments after reviving all of his um teammates he basically gives them you know a final farewell and they give some horribly sweet moments like anna is crying talking about how she doesn't want you to go dakon's like swears that he'll find a way to come and help you like it's all very sweet accumulations yeah of all their uh, personal stories towards the nameless one and at the end, the Nameless One is transported off to the lower planes into the great blood war that gets mentioned over and over again. Yeah. And 
the last shot we see is of him picking up a mace and rushing into battle. <laughs> so, kind of That's where we a downer, go. but also kind of like, you know, it's bittersweet. He's He's accepting what he's done and he's going to make his amends no matter how much of an attorney it takes mm. in this endless war. <laughs> um, <laughs> funnily enough, um, the ending pretty much played out the same for me, but without the, really? without the, uh, support of, uh, of, of my party members because they were all dead. Um, but with, Oh, my... so you got the sad ending then. <laughs> yeah, it was a sad ending, but with, uh, with, um, the, with my mortality gone, there was really nothing else for me to do but to to walk back into the blood war as well. So I, I guess things can really only they all lead to that kind of conclusion, I suppose. Yeah, I feel I feel like there's another way. Yeah, but I'm just not a hundred percent sure. Because, like I've said, I've never played a genuinely evil character in this game. Mm, yeah, I wonder. But, but uh, with this. Our time in the plains has come to an end. Yeah, I think we've done it. Oh man, Robert, so what do you think about this adventure? Um th- this this remains one of the most unique um RPGs that I've ever played. Um it was uh nice to I think it's probably like the only like nineties uh no, I've beaten the first two Fallout games, but okay, it's one of the very few uh pre pre 2000s western rpgs that i've played played to completion and it's a very very unique one um Mm -hmm. you know i mentioned in the previous episode that i thought the writing was top notch and that that didn't change the quality of the writing stayed consistently good from start to finish um and just the amount of creativity and how how other this world is um i think is is pretty astounding so um i'm really happy that i had the opportunity to play through it with you keegan well, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. You know, this yeah, is very much. This is one of those games that I always try to convince my friends to play, which is unfortunate because a lot of my friends aren't big RPG players. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah, they're much more on like you know. I'm a big fighter and shooter game fan, also, so they're more on that spectrum. Uh huh. I mean, but it the does chance, it does it take a little like, goodwill to get into in 2018. But once yes. you're once you're there and you're and you're there for all of the reams and reams and reams of text. It's a very rewarding experience and one worth worth taking. It's similar to me of like sh- giving somebody your favorite book. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just like waiting patiently to hear back from them about certain events. You know, it's like, oh, this is going to happen soon. I don't want to spoil it. But yeah. Uh, and that's what this game is like a favorite book to me. Mm-hmm. Like I it basically people, is. Yeah. I want people to experience it because I think it tells a story that you don't get to see in any other you know form of media or what have you like i feel like this only really works as a video game as putting us into the mind yeah of this character yeah i <laughs> would uh i would argue that's absolutely correct and having um having those options to uh walk a detestable path even if you're not going to take them just like seeing that that is the that, that is within this character's remit I think is valuable. It uh, reminds me of like those intrusive thoughts that everybody gets, you know, it's like, God, why would I ever do that? Yeah. It's like our, our toes, um, Antonin, our theater of cruelty where you, it was stage performances based on those thoughts as a, uh, as a way of like bringing like a dynastic um, improv 
out of people. And I think this game is kind of an exercise in that in some ways. Oh yeah. You definitely see that happening. And I wish we had more of a straight sequel to follow through with this, but we do still have a torment tides of Numenera, Mm -hmm. which I've yet to play through, but I hear is a, Solid spiritual successor? I've got it. I've started it. Um, the general consensus seems to be that it doesn't quite stack up, but, um, like, the world doesn't seem as nasty. It's just weird. Um, it's very, like, kind of advanced. Um, it seems almost a little utopic, but I'm very, very early on, so I couldn't mm. say. But it, it, yeah, it doesn't have quite the same vibe of weirdness, but it is still pretty weird. So I, I would think that it's probably worth picking up. But um, I, I can't really say one way or the other until I get right. out until I get out of the first uh, first area. So yeah. I definitely think I'll be now that I've got Planescape in my heart. I definitely think I'll be checking it out soon. Hmm. Now the memories are fresh. Yeah, yeah. I just want more. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm very intrigued by it. Ah, so. uh, all right, folks. Well, this has been uh, Retro Encounter. So glad to have you join us. Um, if you like what you heard, please like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> can you comment on uh, podcast things? Uh, you can leave a, you can you can leave us a five star review on iTunes. That would be nice. Ooh, yeah, please do that. We would absolutely love it. Um, so coming up for uh, Retro Encounter, we do have our month of Zelda coming. Um, I'm very excited for this one. I wish I could have joined on personally for some of the podcasts, but mm. uh, time wise, it just wasn't looking out. Yeah, my time some... is very limited at the moment, so unfortunately I won't <laughs> yes. be on those either, but um, they are going to be very, very fun. I look forward to hearing them from the sidelines. Oh, absolutely. And we also do have our uh, special Super Nintendo encounter coming up soon. Mm. Uh, I believe that'll be dropping next week, actually. So please, folks, mm-hmm. uh, keep an ear out for that. I promise you it's going to be arguably one of our best episodes we've ever had. I would think so. I would think so. <laughs> yes. Uh, keyword arguably all right so uh rob where can people find you on the internet how can we get in contact with you uh you can find me on twitter at misanthrobob is probably the best place to find me these days uh that's about it i guess i'm on discord i don't really know how to use discord because i'm an old luddite but yeah hit me up on twitter we'll talk (laughs) games and cats and stuff well, if it makes you feel better, I'm a younger guy, and I still don't understand Discord. So. Okay, well, yeah, that does make me feel better. Thank you. Don't worry, we're in the same boat. Yeah. Uh, uh, as, as you pick the lie option. Uh, it's called Bluff, thank you very much. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you'd like to get in contact with me, I am uh, Kaylee Brand on Twitter. I'm most responsive on there. Please stop by. Tell me what you think of the episodes. I'd love to hear back from people. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, so... All right, folks, thank you so much, and we hope to see you again soon. See you later.